This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, April 7th. This is episode 328. I am Dan Ellis, joined by my two fabulous co-hosts, Mr. Taylor Grin. Hello, hello. And Mr. Ryan Duffy. Yeah, don't, you don't have to lie about how fabulous we are, we know. Oh, I'm not lying. Well, that's just <laughs> it, right? I'm not lying. Like, there's no way that I could possibly talk up enough your guys' greatness. Oh, just keep going. <laughs> go on. <laughs> What's new with you guys? Let's go with Taylor first. I um, am a ball of nervousness right now. I find out. In two days from the time that we're recording this, whether or not I got into Malmu's communications master's program, mm. um, which is scary. Uh, I really want to get into that. And um, and then also that that same day, I will be driving uh, to Utah to see you guys. So, um, yay. Yeah. It's a busy ass week. And then to, to kick things off um, yesterday morning, I woke up and had. Um, a back spasm that was so bad that when I went into the like urgent care clinic, the the nurse immediately thought that I was drug seeking. And when the oh. doctor came in, she's like, here, turn around. Let me see your back. And she looked at it and she's like, I can physically see your back muzzle, muscle twitching right now. Like I can watch <laughs> it happen. And I was like, all I all I want is muscle relaxers. Like I'll I'll take acetaminophen. I was in the military. That's fine. But like, <laughs> just let me stop the cycle of of the spasms. And she's like, "Here you go, yeah. lay down." Yeah, well, I'm so sure that that's I a huge tired. Problem. Yeah, one. Well, I'm sure that's a huge problem for uh, you know urgent care centers as people just seeking pain pills. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that the pendulum has swung a little too far the other way where now they just figure that everybody that walks in wants pain pills mm-hmm. instead of giving yeah. them the benefit of the doubt and, you know, working with people who do have chronic pain or, or a sudden onset of pain and need some relief. They're yeah. just automatically yeah. assuming that everybody there is a drug addled doctor shopper. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like for me, I get back pain so infrequently that, if I were to even get like a prescription of like as needed pain pills or muscle relaxers, they would expire in between mm-hmm. times when I needed them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it doesn't make sense for me to just have them on hand. Like I'll probably use half of the muscle relaxers I got be better. And then I'll find them in my medicine cabinet a year from now and go, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I'll go ahead, Ryan. I'll say, I just still do a diet of ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I pop that shit like Tic Tacs. <laughs> and I mean, I keep I keep a thing of ibuprofen in my wildland bag. Oh yeah, oh, in what? case I forget to take them before I go on a wildland. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're I, out here. It's gonna be rough. 
one of my buddies posted the other day is like being an adult is realizing that you have an upstairs and a downstairs bottle of ibuprofen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I learned the other day that, so, you know, for a while I was getting a prescription for the ibuprofen 800 milligram tabs. Yeah. Just and, take four. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, I had always heard that, you know, the, the 800 milligram, it's easier on your stomach. It's time release, you know, all of these other justifications that people were giving for it. And I just happened, well, I didn't, but Tracy talked to the uh, pharmacist last time she was getting her prescription refilled and said, Hey, you know, I'm just, I've got a question about ibuprofen. Uh, it was when she was not feeling well after the shot and they were, you know, she also went to pick up another prescription talking to the pharmacist. Anyway, I don't know why I'm getting off on this tangent. <laughs> so she asked the pharmacist about ibuprofen and, you know, if there's a difference between the 800s or just taking four 200s. And they were like, no, it's it's the same thing. And she said, well, isn't it like, doesn't it have like a, you know, a time release coating or something that's easier on your stomach? And they're like, well, there's the IBs or whatever that have a, a coating that, you know, it's supposed to make it a little easier on your stomach, but no, they're not time release. There's no difference really between taking an 800 or four 200s. Like it's, it's the same shit. It's the same, it's the same, same. Mm -hmm. It's just a different dosage per pill. So yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to, you don't need a prescription for the 800s. Just take four 200s if that works for you. Yep. I almost wonder. Because, like, normally that's every four hours that you take that. If you couldn't just take one 200 every hour. I imagine so, but I I don't know. The, uh -huh. the whole formulation stuff escapes yeah. me. When I, when I need to take them, I just do it once. I just take four 200s, and I'm good for the day. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Usually, then again, I'm usually it's when I'm working really hard, and I know, like, hey – my joints are going to be hurting me. Let's put some anti-inflammatory into me right fucking now before mm -hmm. I start to hurt while doing heavy work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I take, I take the, I take 800 milligrams in the morning. Um, then usually around lunchtime, not usually sometimes around lunchtime, I'll take uh, 600 milligrams and then I take another 800 just before bed and yeah. that's fine. And I would say less than half the time I hit the, the lunch dose, it's usually just what did I do the day before that may be making me sore the day <laughs> that I'm today. taking it off. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. I fully expect to be old man walking my first day in Utah after all the driving. Like I'm glad that we're we're splitting the trip up into two chunks. I found a hotel in um some fucking town in Wyoming, whatever <laughs> town the University of Wyoming is in, and uh, they have a jacuzzi, and I was like <laughs> done yeah I, I called i was like do you guys have a jacuzzi uh they were like yeah we do you have to reserve it and i was like okay i want to make a reservation she's like for a room or a jacuzzi like yes Both. <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> so uh, when are you you're so you're traveling this weekend when will you be arriving in utah um so i should get into utah um saturday uh and then i'm gonna spend a few days with eric um, that really depends on when he gets tired of me. I'll either start hanging out with you guys Tuesday or Wednesday, um, hang out with you guys potentially Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but like that Tuesday is very shaky. It'll probably end up going to Eric. So a couple of days with you guys 
I'm going to head down to St. George, which is my hometown. Um, Sandra's never been, so I'm going to, you know, show her all that shit, my university and the bluff and all that stuff. Um, drive through my old neighborhood. If I can remember the old gate code, um, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of shit. Ooh, and a then, gated um, community swanky. Uh, yeah. If only I'd had any benefit from it for my fucking <laughs> folks. Um, yeah. And then, uh, after that, I'm going to briefly dip down to, um, Las Vegas. We're going to go like the Southern route to head back home. Um, cause a buddy of mine, an old buddy of mine found a, uh, a game boy that my younger brother has been wanting for a long time. Like he, he <laughs> like buys and restores old machines and, and games and shit like that. So he was able to find like a somewhat rare game boy SP model. Um, huh. so I'm going to dip through, say hi to him, grab that. And then head home west through like New Mexico. Um, Ooh, Area Fifty One. Area Fifty One's in Nevada. Yeah, I just know I it's on the way. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to sound no. mean. I was just <laughs> super confused. No, no, no. Usually, I, when I drive cross country, I never even know what state I'm in. All I know is I drove uh, from Texas to Utah, and I drove through uh, Roswell. Yeah, no, yeah, Roswell, New Mexico. Roswell, New Mexico. Oh, Roswell, not everyone. That's what I was thinking. Roswell, New Mexico. And they have the alien museum there. I was like, Mm -hmm. huh. Well, shit. Now I know what we're doing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, we're going to go through like the the Albuquerque, Santa Fe kind of part of of, like northern. Like what will probably end up happening is that day I go to Vegas, we'll continue driving on and stop in like Flagstaff and then (laughs) Flagstaff to like Santa Fe the next day and then just take out the rest of the trip the day before we get the second Moderna vaccine. Um, and I fully expect, actually, I meant to say before the show, I probably won't be able to do that episode with you guys. Cause my intent is to get the v- Moderna vaccine that day, like that morning, and then just go to sleep, um, until I don't have like side effects anymore. So, mm. yeah. So are I'm, you able to get it here in Utah then? No, no, no. I'm getting it at the pharmacy in, um, Kansas. Uh, oh, where we got the first but, one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm confused. So I had the first <laughs> easily I had the first dose of Moderna yeah, yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago now. So I'm at, according to the new study that came out at like 80% by this point, yeah. because it's been two weeks since I've had that. Mm. Um, when I get back into town at the end of the, the trip, um, I'll swing by and get the second dosage of the Moderna. Okay. Um, so it's that not next, not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And then, <laughs> I just totally lost my train of thought. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. once I've gotten that second <laughs> dose of the, the vaccine, I'm fully expecting to have like shitty side effects because things like that tend to hit me pretty hard. Um, I get like man flu and that kind of thing. So yeah. I'm just going to like lay down until I don't need to lay down anymore slash quarantine because, you know, uh, even though all the preliminary studies show that like once you've had the first Moderna, you're pretty good. You're probably not a carrier. You're probably not going to get it. Um, I will have been traveling a lot, so I'm going to be spending like a week just isolated in my house. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I, I got confused. I, I thought you were saying that you were going to be getting your shot while you were here and wouldn't be able to do to do the yeah. show with us next week when you're in. So no, no, no. That would be that would be terrible. That would be very counterproductive. Um, that would be no. Would the be following Wednesday. Yep. yep. Mm, okay. So now the world knows my itinerary. Um, <laughs> yes, OPSEC. <laughs> and uh, what's new with you, Mr. Duffy? 
I just I, I got started on the yard project last week, so half my yard is dug up right now, and uh, by the end of the week, we should have some raised vegetable gardens in place, and prepping the rest of the yard for sand and paver stones. Oh, nice! Making a little Sorry. patio in the back. Well, extending it. So right now. It's a 13 by 13 concrete patio, and mm. it's going to be extended to a 21 foot by 21 foot concrete and paver stone patio. So you're doing paver stones all around the border of the existing concrete? Is pretty, that the plan? Pretty much. And then we're going to have two eight foot long uh, gardens, raised garden beds back there. Oh, nice. With a little sitting area between them. Nice. Nice. What you growing? Uh, it's what Sarah's growing, because as some listeners might remember, I don't eat vegetables. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You can't grow bacon. So Well, you can. It's just the harvesting that becomes an issue. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bloody. Uh, but we're gonna, <laughs> she's going to do like a lot of like peppers, uh, uh, green onions, and I actually cook a lot with green onion, mm-hmm. uh, strawberries, uh, lavender. For, so it smells good and hopefully keeps the fucking cats out of it. Mm-hmm. Wait, cats don't like lavender? That's what I've heard. Oh, okay. Uh, note to self. <laughs> I really like lavender. We sometimes burn like a like a scented candle with lavender, but I don't want to make my cat uncomfortable. So, Well, that might be different than the actual plant. I don't know if there's a difference between them not liking the plant versus the actual smell yeah it might be something that that like to do with like the green like stalks versus or, the flowering mm-hmm. bit yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's that's what's been going on i mean besides a busy actual i i realize getting back into a normal work schedule at work now that some of our quarantine stuff's being lifted now that we've all been vaccinated uh we actually got to work now <laughs> doing drills and shit oh yeah we've been getting back into yeah we, we got two brand new guys so this last week we were doing a whole bunch of vehicle extrication classes and then we actually had a real vehicle extrication uh kind of a f- not funny story we had a medical call a mm-hmm. uh, person was sick transport them to the hospital their daughter was going to go meet them at the hospital and a mile outside the gate flipped her vehicle oh no oh, shit so it had to be extracted from the vehicle so she got to take an ambulance ride too oh man that's Maybe and i got get... pulled over for speeding on that same road this morning oh, how fast were you motherfuckers going? 80 that's not too bad speed limit 65 that's yeah. well, it's not tiger woods bad no. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's about the same speed he was doing. He was doing like 75, 80, but he was in like a 45. Uh, yeah. Cop let me off with a warning because honesty always wins out. Oh, yeah. Cop pulled me over and he goes, do you know the speed limit? I'm like, yes, sir. Do you have an excuse for speeding? Nope. Just wanted to get there faster. <laughs> like just going home. I'm like, I'm just getting off shift, going home. I didn't say, well, usually people are passing me when I'm doing 80. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen I've seen a cop on that road fucking three times in five years. Mm. Wow. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. When you mentioned Tiger Woods and I, I had just seen headlines earlier that said that he the police estimated he was doing between 80 and 85 and a 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was doing 75 when he impacted the tree. <sighs> I wonder what. Oof. Like, how do you how do you lose? They said he they think much? he mistook the brake and gas pedal. So when he went to go slam on the brakes, 
according to the computer, uh, his accelerator was a hundred, like ninety nine percent, like Depressed. force on it. So oh, yeah. his gas pedal was to the floor. Um, I hope it's mm-hmm. not something else, like where you know you're just kind of like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna drive my car off a cliff. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that, that was a weird spot to do it. Like he, there were there were you know there were more opportune locations if if his goal was to drive off a cliff yeah i mean he did drive into a tree at 75 miles an hour though yeah Yeah, that's true after Um, he lost control yeah so i got my second shot uh less than a week ago it's been six days and that was fun i'm 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 all i'm all up on the vaccinations um hell yeah so that was cool. the The side effects from my second shot were definitely worse than the first, but they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't too awful for me. Um, the The day of the shot, of course, I was just really really tired, and it was probably two or three hours after I got the shot. All of a sudden, just this wave of nausea washed over me, mm. like out of the Damn blue it. for no reason whatsoever. Like I was a cunt hair away from vomiting. Like just just out of the blue, felt like oh my god, I'm gonna puke. It was the That's weirdest right. thing. Yeah. And which one did okay. you get again? This was the Moderna. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Same one I got. I've heard the uh, Pfizer one. Mm-hmm. Uh, lo- people are showing less side effects with their second dose and versus Moderna, mm-hmm. which just means we got the one that works. <laughs> or at least that gives you more side effects. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so it was just weird. Like just this wave of nausea washed over me and it only lasted for I don't know, maybe 20 minutes or so, but yeah. it was like completely sudden and very intense. Like I'm just minding my own business and then, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. Um, and then, you know, once that was done, I got a little bit of a headache and my nose got really stuffy and then started running and it, it was doing that off and on thing where it would get really stuffy and then run for a little bit and then get really stuffy, run for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I took a big dose of NyQuil before bed and... Slept pretty well, but I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and my head was just throbbing. Like it felt like my, my brain was a giant sponge and somebody was just squeezing it just like, Mm. and, and now I just see the look on Taylor's face being like, oh, fuck. Those are all my least favorite symptoms of things. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I got up, you know, got some water, went back to bed and then I would just out from like four until 10 in the morning. And I woke up and I was a bit groggy and a little foggy headed, got in the shower, got out and was still a little foggy headed for most of the rest of the day. But other than that, felt just fine. And then the yeah. next day, everything was back to normal. Yeah, it was just, it was weird. Yeah. The, the nausea thing was the, was the strangest side effect for me. Like it just was so completely sudden out of the blue and strong. Like I thought for sure I was going to vomit. Damn. Like it reminded me of Damn. of the scene in Young Guns when they do the what is it ayahuasca I think they're doing oh yeah out in the desert and they're standing they're standing on the cliff and they're just talking and all of a sudden you know blah blah blah, blah just out of the blue vomit <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's what it felt like but I'm over it and very excited that I'm now fully vaccinated and what is it within the two or three weeks uh, yeah two that? weeks that it's it's like fully done its thing. Yeah. I'm I'm a big golden man. It'll be awesome. Oh, yeah. So Mormon uh the Mormon General Conference 
spring spring edition happened this last week. We'll be talking about that and much more when we get back from the other side of this little break. All right. Hey, everybody. It's X from the Utah Outcasts podcast and YouTube channel. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Hello. Good morning, Citizen Venture. Welcome to the neighborhood. All right. Who are you and what are you selling? If it's cookies, I'll take two boxes of Thin Mints. If it's religion, you can leave the way you came. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back, everybody. We've been shooting the shit for like an hour now, just talking about <laughs> plans and looking forward to seeing each other next week. I'm really fucking excited about it, man. Uh, but we wanted to talk a, bit, a little bit about some confederacy, confederacy stuff going on in the news lately that was kind of fun and interesting. Yeah, I um, I never miss a chance to shit all over the Confederacy, and it looks like I'm not <laughs> going to be alone here. Um, <laughs> a Confederate monument valued at half a million dollars was stolen in March from a Selma cemetery. Officials confirmed today in an article I'm reading from AL.com, which is like the premier like newspaper website that comes out of Alabama. Mm, so this, this morning, Selma, Alabama. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this morning. A group claims to have taken the monument, the Jefferson Davis Memorial Chair, sent emails to AL.com saying that they will give the chair to the United Daughters of the Confederacy, UDC, if that organization agrees to hang a banner outside its Richmond, Virginia headquarters. In those emails, a group calling itself White Lies Matter said they stole the chair from the Old Oak Live Cemetery and are demanding that the UDC hang a banner at 1 p.m. on Friday, the anniversary of the Confederacy's surrender in the Civil War, and leave it there for 24 hours. So the, they keep saying agrees to hang a banner. Is Does the banner – I mean, do they do they intend for the banner to say anything in particular or – Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the next paragraph. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn it, Dan! Sorry. Stealing my thunder. The banner. Didn't you read this? Quote. <laughs> the banner bears a quote from Asada Shakur, a black liberation activist. Uh, sorry, black liberation army activist, wanted by the FBI for the nineteen blah, 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 for the nineteen seventy three murder of a New Jersey state trooper. The quote is: "The rulers of this country have always considered their property more important than our lives." White Lives Matter said it has already delivered the banner to the UDC. They go on. Failure to do so will result in the monument, an ornate stone chair, immediately being turned into a toilet, the email states. (laughs) And you got to see this chair. Like, we're going to include the link in the show notes. This chair has this big open hole right in the middle of it. Like, you would just set a chamber pot under that, and it would be a commode. It's it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect for being a shitter. And they don't have to damage um, it. No, it's already a piece of shit. So you know, just like the rest of the Confederacy. <laughs> oh, so real um, quick, you, you mentioned that we'll put this in the show notes. And yeah, I want to say that I apologize to everybody that the latest episode was released, you know, a day or two late. And that's because Taylor was was prophetic in in his statement during recording that 
sober Dan will be really pissed off at drunk Dan for, <laughs> for, for all of the extra work that I would have to put into editing that last episode because I did indeed need to put in extra hours of work to make sure that it sounded okay because of all of the things we were doing while drunk. <laughs> oh my God. I feel so bad. <laughs> oh no, it's totally my fault. Like you were right. You're, Sober Dan was more angry at drunk Dan for being drunk Dan while recording. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even listened to it yet. It dropped like earlier today Yeah, and I've yeah. been asleep all day under like muscle relaxers. So I haven't even listened to it myself. Yeah. And it dropped earlier today because Drunk Dan <laughs> made more, more work, work for Sober Dan that took longer to edit the show and get it out to everybody. <laughs> yep. uh, so, so going on, um, they said failure to do so will result in the monument and ornate stone chair being immediately turned into a toilet. If they do display the banner, not only will we return the chair intact, but we will clean it to boot. <laughs> A woman who answered the phone at the Virginia offices of the UDC said she had heard reports of the theft and the ransom demand were fake news. And there was no immediate response to an email to the organization seeking further comment. Fake news. They, they need to return the chair. It's grand theft, said Patricia Godwin, a longtime <laughs> member of the Selma, Ch Selma chapter of the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Grand wizard theft. No, mm. yeah. no I, <laughs> wizards don't steal things thieves do right um, <laughs> all right um got two levels in rogue nothing for it um the email went out two days after the udc ran an ad in the local paper seeking the chair's return soma police and district attorney I'm not shitting you here. Michael Jackson confirmed the theft and said they were aware of the ransom demand. The felony theft occurred sometime between midnight and 3 a.m. on March 19th, according to a Selma police report. Wait, this, District the, the, the case is, is, is being handled by Michael Jackson? Yeah. Yes. He's going to beat it. <laughs> well, I mean, so, no one yeah, has to do be it. defeated. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Um, the felony theft occurred sometime between midnight and 3 a.m. on March 19th. Uh, District Attorney Michael Jackson said the chair is reportedly worth <laughs> half a million dollars. The incident is sending Selma back into, quote, the twilight zone, he said. There is never a dull moment in Selma. I can't. There is a five. <laughs> I can't get over the Michael Jackson bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he added. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> there is a five thousand dollar reward leading to the uh leading to information about the disappearance of the chair come on huh? described as being about three feet tall chicka -cha -cha, and weighing several hundred pounds <laughs> the chair is not his well, son <laughs> um they were already told who did it the people who fucking stole it told them we stole it how stupid are they <laughs> Yeah, and then it's just a whole bunch of, you know, bullshit about the history of the chair that really doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and uh, the article concludes uh, with the White Lives Matter group saying, like most Confederate monuments, the chair mostly exists to remind those whose freedom had been purchased in blood that there still exists a portion of our country that is more than willing to continue to spill blood to avoid paying that debt down. 
we took their toy and we don't feel guilty about it. They never play <laughs> with it anyway. They just want it there to remind us what they've done and what they are still willing to do. But the South will not rise again, not as the Confederacy, because that coalition left out a large portion of its population. All that's left of that nightmare is an obscenely heavy chair that's a throne for a ghost whose greatest accomplishment was treason. That's fucking amazing. I love that last bit. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. I'm so glad that they've done that. I always hate the people that are like, stop destroying our history. I'm like, we're not destroying history. We're just not honoring it anymore. Right. Yeah. And there's a difference there for sure. Right. I also agree with the Germans blowing up the swastikas at Nuremberg. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck that history. Mm -hmm. Don't don't honor it. Fucking get rid of it. Teach it. But don't mm-hmm. fucking build them statues and monuments. That yeah. goes to things you want to give honor to. Yeah, you don't need I, a I, monument to racism in order to know that it happened. Yeah. I was reading an article. I want to say it was from The Roots, but I could be wrong. It might have been The Bulwark or, or something else. But it was an opinion article about the lawmaker in Georgia who was forcibly removed after knocking the door, knocking on the door. Yeah. While the uh, governor signed the legislation for the like new Jim Crow laws that they're passing there, that they passed there. And mm-hmm. one of the things that the author of this article wrote is that hanging on the wall behind those men was a painting of a plantation. And the author pointed yep. out that like plantations aren't just these nice, beautiful homes. They were literally concentration camps for black workers to be worked to death mm-hmm. and like we need to stop romanticizing this shit. And like the fact that they continue to romanticize that shit deals continual harm and stops us as a nation from like actually getting over um, our past, like improving upon our past. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna advocate breaking the law on, uh, on the podcast, but I will say like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do it myself, but I will certainly stand by and laugh while it happens. And I thoroughly appreciate all the things that they've done thus far because yeah, it's it's kind of glorious. I I like it very very much. That's fantastic. I loved that last little bit though. That was yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Um so you guys have been following like the stuff with Matt Gates, right? Like, oh, of course, oh yeah. yes. How fucking yeah. nuts is all of that? Hand, yeah. <laughs> the the news that was yeah. revealed yesterday that he was seeking like just a full a on full fucking mm-hmm. blanket pardon, yeah. a blanket yeah. pardon. I mean, for- this, this shit literally couldn't have happened to a better man because, like, a better man would have at least been better at covering their tracks like (laughs) oh well and and what's interesting is is the lawyer speak that he's been deploying in defense of his positions of saying that oh well i've never traveled with somebody under the age of 17 in order to have sex with them well you also listen to opening arguments (laughs) (laughs) oh did they did they talk about this on opening arguments? yeah he explicitly was like that's really good lawyer speak yeah oh yeah yeah well (laughs) he's He's I, I think I picked that up from like the New York Times Daily or whatever podcast ah, in the morning. Nice. Um, but like Matt, uh, Matt Gates has been very 
precise in the lawyer speak that he's been deploying in order to defend himself against all of these mm-hmm. allegations, like saying shit like, oh, yeah, well, I didn't travel with a 17-year-old in order to have sex with them. Of course, that doesn't answer the question of, did you have sex with a 17-year-old? Yeah. Or did you right, right. did you promote, condone, endorse, or somehow support through monetary means the Mm-hmm. The, the the travel of a 17-year-old in order to have sex with them. He uses right. very precise, very lawyeristic or lawyerese language when dealing with this shit to help cover his ass and provide cover for himself for his credulous dipshit followers and mm-hmm. people who want to buy into the Republican narrative of Matt Gates as just a, a, a good guy who's mm-hmm. been done wrong by the radical yeah. left. It's, uh, and, and if I may... Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I was going to say, did you see, I, I saw one interview with him on CNN where he was defending himself, mm. where he basically mm. said, well, I've never paid for sex. I've just taken care of the airfare and hotel fees for my girlfriends. <laughs> There's nothing wrong right. with that. It's like, so you're having women flown to you, which you're paying for, uh, and you're paying for their hotel rooms. That's sex trafficking. Uh-huh. Yeah, and rape. Yeah. If this if this if the woman in question is under the age of 17, that's fucking rape because yeah, right. she is not of the appropriate age to offer consent to use her body for whatever Matt Gates wants to use it for. Mhm. And 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 something I want to say on this cuz it comes up fairly frequently like that I am taking, you know, Schadenfreude delight in Matt's conundrum uh, is not like that I'm making light of his victims, right? Right. And and this happens from time to time where people on the right get caught doing terrible things, and immediately we dog pile on them and mock them for the things. So something that readily comes to mind for me is is basically any time like a a priest or a a evangelical or anyone of that stripe gets caught in like a gay relationship right Mm -hmm. and and i'm not attacking them for example for being gay i'm attacking them for the hypocrisy of advocating against gay folks Mm -hmm. while being gay right Mm -hmm. or or engaged in an act that they themselves would call gay Mm -hmm. and I'm, i'm laughing at the hypocrisy i'm laughing at the corruption not at the victims and not at the like class of individual that they are and and same thing here with matt gates like i'm not laughing at his victims i am saying though that for existing in a a ideological space uh alongside like QAnon conspirator conspirators who rage about human trafficking and child sex trafficking to then be responsible for child sex trafficking is hilarious and also terrible, but mostly hilarious. Mm-hmm. And like, it's okay to laugh at that. Um, mm-hmm. Not because child trafficking is funny, but because the, the, you might as well say that GOP stands for gaslight, obstruct and project. And this is projection <laughs> at its finest. That's <laughs> you're absolutely it's correct. It's yeah. been on the internet for a while, but yeah. Yeah. Gaslight, obstruct and project fucking perfectly fits the GOP label these days for sure. Mm -hmm. They're all about pointing to problems with other people while their backyard is just full of mounds of shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And like, look at look at what Trump has been caught doing, how his campaign has been double and, and quadruple billing people's cards. Oh, yeah. For donations. You know, I, I read a story about the guy who literally died in poverty in yep. October. He donated five hundred dollars to the Trump campaign. He kept getting billed week after week well, after week until it drained his savings. Mm-hmm. And then he died in like February without ever having it being resolved. Mm-hmm. But what was also crazy about that story, he donated, he thought he was going to do a one-time donation of $500. Right. Mm-hmm. It also said that guy was living off of social security and he was getting a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and I guess it tapped through his savings that he had. It did. Yeah. But still the fact that his monthly intake was only a thousand dollars and he was willing to give half of that mm-hmm. to Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And then, it, then they took everything. Yeah, it's 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 a little difficult to feel really bad for people who who find themselves in that circumstance after donating to a fucking monster that the monster keeps demanding more and more money from them and is taking advantage mm-hmm. of their naivete and lack of skills via the internet. But at the same time, it's like. It's, it's, I feel a little bit bad for you that you were taken advantage of because you pretty clearly aren't the brightest person on the face of the planet, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. maybe you shouldn't support monsters in the future. This, let this be a warning to anybody in the future who would Mm -hmm. want to support a monster. Well, and really what we ought to be castigating are religious organizations predominantly because they are the ones that brainwash people into magical thinking and the rejection of legitimate academic authority and, and, you know, draw these people into a, uh, like a twisted version of reality. They prime those folks into getting taken advantage of by con artists. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, especially when they go to the site thinking they're just going to make a donation, not knowing that the site automatically opts them into re- reoccurring donations. Mm-hmm. They thought, oh, it's a one-time donation. Not knowing the default setting on that site was, no, this is recurring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they made it that way on purpose, hoping you would miss it. And a yeah. shit ton of people missed it. Yep. And on that note, we should head to a little break because I... In uh, true Dan fashion for a Wednesday where I have decided to have a monster and vodka drink (laughs) because I'm tired because I've been working so much fucking overtime, but also wanted to kick back a little bit. So I've, I I told you guys during the break, I think you might've gotten up to refill your drink, Ryan. I told Taylor that I'm drinking monster and vodka so that I can speak very rapidly and sloppily have also managed to spill a portion <gasps> of my drink all over my work la- laptop. So uh, we will. That's what you were oh, doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see my camera? <laughs> oh, yeah. Your camera. Yeah, we were enjoying the hyper zoom on your beard. <laughs> yeah. Like your beard kept covering up your camera. I was like, what's going on there? Something yeah. fall? <laughs> that would be uh, Dan went to reach for his drink and spilled a bunch of it onto his work laptop uh. that he'll be cleaning up during this little break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. What was that sound? That! What was that? That's just your feet. Oh, this was a bad idea. I can't do this. These woods could be crawling with religious fundamentalists, ready to stone me to death because I'm not mentioned in whatever book they quote from. 
If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Welcome back, everybody. We have been shooting the shit for about an hour now between segments again, because that's that's been our M.O. lately. I like I like visiting with you guys. You guys are a lot of fun to chat with. Oh yeah, we got we got stuff to say, <laughs> and you know, cleaning up the the mess that I had spilled yeah. all over the table down here. But I thought it was very interesting. I noticed this headline. Well, actually, I didn't no- even notice it necessarily because I've been so busy with work. But I had a dear friend of mine, uh, Tony, point out and actually tag me in a post about Jordan Peterson because she knows how much I am not a fan at all of Dr. Jordan Peterson's work and think that he's a fucking hypocritical dumb fuck hack who appeals to similarly dumb fuck people who for some reason need to need to be told that they should make their beds in the morning and think that women represent chaos. Like it's just, this guy's a fucking walking dumb fuck and people pay attention to him for whatever fucking reason that I can't wrap my mind around. And it's so fucking aggravating and frustrating to see all of the bullshit narratives that he promotes and puts out for people who are all too willing to come in and fucking lap up his snail trail behind him because they think he's a brilliant fucking mind who confirms all of their worst fucking notions about people particularly trans people. And it's so fucking frustrating and aggravating. Sorry. I posted a thing earlier this week about, (laughs) about, about me living my life as a white man who yells about things. And that's the way I've dealt with things historically as I've gotten angry about different things in the world around me is that I yell when I'm angry. And in personal settings, I, was recently educated about how damaging and harmful that is for people that I would otherwise like to have conversations with when I get angry and I start yelling that it shuts them down and makes them less inclined to interact with me. And so I've been for less aggro. Yeah. So I've been trying for a long time, even before reading this, um, I've been trying to moderate my approach when I talk to people that I'm not loud, that I'm not angry, that I try to be, more calm and stoic about things that otherwise piss me the fuck off (laughs) and make me and make me want to yell. Right. And, and, and so I posted about this on Facebook and received some great feedback about, you know, from, from various people saying it's wonderful that you recognize this as a problem. And, you know, in my personal life, that's, that's led me to, you know, be, less interactive with people when I, when I encounter them and it may, and leads me to shut down and, and, you know, people posting about their, their views on this as being a real harm to them when they encounter people who are loud and yell when they're angry and that it shuts down conversation that they would rather have with these people. And then I've also received feedback that it's very cathartic for listeners of the show when I fucking yell about shit because I get fucking <laughs> angry about it. <laughs> And so, so so I've kind of decided that, okay, in my, in my real life experiences and interactions with people, I will try to be much more calm and 
quiet and considerate when I listen to the things that they're saying to me and will try to not react in a, in an angry, loud, boisterous yelling fashion, but that when we're doing the show, there are people in our audience who find it very cathartic when I fucking yell about shit that makes me angry. <laughs> what would make you that angry, Dan? <laughs> so, so this and this this bit of information about Jordan Peterson doesn't really make me angry as much as just amused that, yeah. that this is a thing that exists in the world. So, uh, my 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 dear friend Tony Tony Netzler posted about this article and tagged me in it because she knows that I am no fan at all of the dumb fuck hypocritical moron Jordan Peterson that some people put on this pedestal of, you know, intellectual deep thought that they should hang on his every dumb fuck word that is uttered from his gob. Uh, this comes to us from Esquire and the headline says Jordan Peterson thinks Ta-Nehisi Coates used his ideas for Captain America's Red Skull. Subtitle is the professor and guy you avoid at parties just discovered a two-year-old comic by MacArthur Genius and National Book Award winner Ta-Nehisi Coates. And for our listening audience who may be unfamiliar with Ta-Nehisi Coates, he's a brilliant writer. I thoroughly enjoyed everything that I have read of his. He's just, he's, he's a great, great writer and he personalizes the black experience in America to where, you know, of, of course white people in America can't really experience Relate. what it means to be black, but he personalizes things in his writing so that it's more easily relatable for white people who are reading it. And it's mm -hmm. uncomfortable at times, right? It, it makes yeah. you, kind of cringe and feel bad and feel a little bit guilty. And it should because black people in America have historically been treated like shit, have been denigrated, have had their rights stripped from them, have had to work their asses off for the basic fundamental human rights that all the rest of us as white people experience day to day and have no issue with no, no, there's no even secondary thought in our minds that this is something unusual or exceptional about our experience. And yeah. well, and he, he did a really good job of capturing, um, like the Jordan Peterson type shit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you actually look at the excerpts of the comic, right, it, it's very clearly meant to look like YouTube, right. But stripped down. So it's, it's not violating intellectual property law <laughs> and says stuff like, uh, 10 rules for life, uh, chaos and order the feminist trap, which is exactly the kind of, you know, <laughs> Uh, uh, inflammatory shit that uh, that Jordan Peterson puts out, but there's this really cool dialogue that happens between Cap and the cop. Um, and and Cap says it's all the same. Uh, sorry, it's the same for all of them. Young men, weak, looking for a purpose. I found the flag. You found the badge. He says to a cop. They found the skull. He tells them what they've always longed to hear: that they're secretly great. That the world is against them. That if they're truly men, they'll fight back. And bingo, that's their purpose. That's what they live for, and that's what they'll die for. Mm -hmm. And it it reminds me so much of what um, Christian Picciolini said in uh, in a book he wrote recently. Christian Picciolini is a reformed uh, neo Nazi who was in charge of a gang in uh, the South Side of Chicago in the eighties. 
Um, and he said that young men, uh, all people, but especially young men are looking for community identity and purpose. Um, and if you can give that to them, then you can make them do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's what Peterson is. He's, he's that gap filler for mm-hmm. directionless white people or white men specifically who, mm-hmm. you know, feel like the world is passing them by with their antiquated notions of how they need to relate to people of the opposite sex, how they need to relate to trans people, basically how they need to relate to the modern fucking world that is passing them by with their antiquated notions of what should and should not be. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, it's like speaking to the will to power action for action's sake, all these, these fascist and proto fascist ideas, um, you know, is, is made to make young men, feel like they ought to be doing more than they are, that they're bad for not doing more than they are. Um, and that the world owes them the, the space to go and do what they believe are great things. And so it creates, it's very much like religion. You know, it creates a problem and offers the cure uh, for the low, low price of a Patreon subscription or a book, you know, or whatever, but it, it causes these men to lash out, you know, it directly causes these men to become violent because they're told that they have to act and, you know, the action is left up to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's stochastic and, terrorism. Mm-hmm. Isn't he Canadian too? He yep. is, but there's nothing wrong with that. I just mean, we've, well, we've only gotten two horrible people out of Canada in the last few years, I guess. <laughs> Jordan but Peterson. Canada, do better. Him and Justin Bieber. No, I wasn't going with Bieber. I mean, I was going with more people who actually socially influence uh, the Proud Boy dude. Uh, oh, McKen- yeah, Gavin uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's Gavin fucking McKinnis, Canadian, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Is Ben Shapiro a Native American? <laughs> what do you? Uh, uh, Jesus no, Christ. That came pretty out. pretty fucking white. That came out like uh, so completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> I do believe that he is native to the country of America. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I would agree with United that. States, agree with yeah. that. He, he is um, cousins with, God, I can't think of her name. Um, you, know, you know Matilda, the, the old movie based on the Road Doll book, Matilda? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The girl who played Matilda is his, like, cousin. And really? she Yeah, yeah. And she fucking, like, shits on him on Twitter regularly. <laughs> <laughs> As everybody should. Like, yeah. My God, what an asshole ben shapiro is and i think what probably bothers me more about anything what what bothers me more about ben shapiro than anything is that he's obviously an intelligent person right he's he knows what he's talking about and he's choosing deliberately to mislead people and be a fucking asshole like he's he's made a deliberate Mm -hmm. choice to be an asshole and to harm other people Mm -hmm. for money yeah and that, yeah. that, my God, that, that is, that makes you lower than low. That that's the worst fucking possible position you can have as a human being is to prop yourself up for money by denigrating and shitting on a minority class that is already endangered and mm-hmm. you propping up the notion and, and ideas that help support victimizing mm-hmm. this minor already minority and marginalized group makes you like one of the world's biggest fucking assholes in my book. Well, yeah. 
the the right is always welcoming to the dumb person's idea of a smart man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, fucking Michael Bay and Zack Snyder movies. You know, fucking Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin, Jordan Peterson, uh, fucking Bill O'Reilly. Like, <laughs> well, I want to these- I want to say Bill O'Reilly's smart. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, is a dumb yeah. person's idea of what a smart person, person. sounds like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, I, my, my dad fucking bought me a book by Mark Levin like four or five years ago, and I started going through it, and I was like, he, he gave it to me saying like, oh, he cites a whole bunch of sources. Uh, you know, he makes really compelling arguments, and I open this thing up, and it's, it's just mouth-breathing stupidity and all of the sources are circular as hell in the right-wing ecosystem mm-hmm. of like opinion articles and shit as opposed to actual hard research like well according to oan yeah yeah according to a study performed by the heritage institute yeah oh, okay so i know their data was good yeah <laughs> so yeah i don't know you want to do you want to close us out with um some mormon stuff dan well, yeah. So we've 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 mentioned a few times throughout the show that we're going to be talking about Mormon Gen Con. Uh, so Mormon General Conference happens twice per year, once in the spring, once in the fall, and it's always just a fun smattering of really bad ideas coming from you know rich white people. Yeah. <laughs> it, it for for non Mormon listeners, it would be kind of like if the Pope gave like a speech twice a year with like some of the top cardinals also giving speeches about like the agenda and like key ideas of the church or yeah. just remember the only other group I can think of that does this on an annual basis is Scientology. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, I have to watch this now. <laughs> they they have their, I think they do it annually. They do their, like their annual, like this is what's going on. This is how the sea org is doing. Yeah. How many slaves do we have on the boat? Yeah. Pretty much. How much money do we need? <laughs> well, and so before we move on to Mormonism in particular and general conference, I want to say that we've, we've mentioned serious inquiries only and their uh, recent couple episodes about uh, trans folk and the end of gender. It was a two part show that, that Thomas produced along with Dr. Lindsay Osterman talking about, Dr. Deborah So's recent book that was that's titled The End of Gender Debunking the Myths About Sex and Identity in Our Society. Dr. So, Dr. Deborah So is a fucking hack and she had a clear agenda in putting out and pushing this book that further denigrates and dehumanizes members of the LGBTQ community, in particular trans folk, by promoting and promulgating a bunch of really terrible ideas about what science says about sex and gender. I encourage everybody to listen to the, this most recent two parts, this most recent two part episode from serious inquiries only Uh, it's episodes 284 and 285. They're fantastic. Lindsay goes through downloaded it. Yeah. Lindsay goes through and picks apart a lot of the information in Dr. So's book because it is not science. It is a bullshit narrative promoted by somebody with an obvious agenda against trans people. And it's harmful mm-hmm. and despicable that this was not only written, but published by anybody and then promoted and provided a platform 
by several different podcasts, most notably Joe fucking Rogan, who is a walking yeah. fucking nightmare of a human being lately. Like, fuck that guy in particular. Mm-hmm. And I so mean, he gives Jordan Peterson a big platform, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He promotes yeah. all of the worst fucking elements of humanity. Jordan fucking Peterson, fucking uh, Alex Spencer, Jones, Candace Owens. Yeah. Candace yeah. Owens, Deborah. So like all of the worst fucking elements of humanity, he platforms and promotes their fucking terrible anti-scientific ideas because he's he's all about free speech man and wanting to hear both sides of everything fuck you joe there's not both sides to fucking nonsense and harms that are demonstrably repeated by these people over and over and over and you platform them and you're a fucking terrible person for doing it i'm so fucking angry with the bullshit that he promotes on his show it makes me really fucking mad makes me want to yell about stuff (laughs) Anyway, I, yeah, I, I, I have had listened to Joe Rogan because every now and then he has some good guests on there that are fun to listen to and that I'm interested in, like, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson or, uh, you know, he he has a variety of guests on there that every now and then his show is fun to listen to because he, he does have these long form conversations with people that are very interesting, but then more often than not, especially lately, he's been platforming these fucking garbage monster dumpster fire people who are only Mm -hmm. seeking to harm other people. And I think that's dangerous and fucking wrong and he should feel ashamed and terrible for doing so. He doesn't. And and now I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to take the talking stick real quick. Sure. Um, fucking Joe Rogan. Like I've had this argument with people that I know who like Joe Rogan, um, about journalism and, and the institution of journalism, Joe Rogan, whether or not he perceives himself as being this way is functioning as a journalist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because he is performing long form interviews with people who are of public interest, right? Mm-hmm. And he is proliferating that as media. Mm-hmm. Our term media that we use to discuss like the news in particular comes from the, the form intermediate, And the idea of being a good journalist is to intermediate between the source and the audience. And and as a good journalist, what you need to do in that intermediation is to do things like fact check, contextualize, Mm -hmm. discuss history. Mm -hmm. Um, And Joe Rogan deliberately does not do those things. He just provides the source, a platform for the audience. And that's bad journalism. Yeah. That's and fucking he terrible. Can say that yeah. he's not a fucking journalist and he's not, uh, but he is performing the actions of a journalist, which means he needs to do the things the responsible journalist would do. If this were 60 minutes, um, you know, Walter Cronkite would be fucking pushing back or, you know, whoever does 60 oh, yeah. minutes now would be pushing back on, um, the source and say, well, Jordan Peterson, you claim that women are agents of chaos and that humans are like lobsters. Can you explain the like <laughs> scientific basis for shit like that? And, and that's where it would fall apart. Yeah. Um, and, and you like listener should not be listening to people who do not engage in that critical step of intermediation to do the work, to ensure that there's some legitimacy between the source and you like we try to do that on this show none of us are news guys i'm kind of a news guy but i haven't published in like eight nine years Mm -hmm. um 
But we try to make sure that we actually look up the context and, and the background and the validity of things before we bring them to you. Uh, because we don't want to be wrong and we don't want you to be wrong. Like we don't want you to have absorbed information that you take for granted because we said it uh, and then to go out in the world and believe wrong things. And people like Joe Rogan don't give a fuck if you believe wrong things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They only care about the check. Yeah. And that's just yeah. it is, yeah. the, is that he's promoting all of this bullshit uncritically. There's no mm-hmm. there's no critical thought or skepticism put into any of his shows where he has these fucking morons and assholes promoting them and providing them this platform with access to millions of people listening every fucking day to the Joe Rogan show and, and, and letting them speak their bullshit uncritically, just putting it out there Mm -hmm. and saying, Oh, well, you know, we're, we're all about free speech and and we want to make sure that everybody has provided the opportunity to express their ideas. And this is all about the markets, the marketplace of free ideas, bullshit. You're promoting a fucking narrative. And if you can't see that, then you're fucking blind and stupid. And if you can see it and aren't doing anything about it, then you're being a fucking asshole and need to be put in check and called out for doing so. And I think that's what he's doing. He knows like Joe Rogan isn't, a stupid person like he's fairly intelligent but he has a narrative right he knows that Mm -hmm. what these people are saying is something that fits what he already believes and he's just allowing them his access to his platform to millions of people to promote their stupid uncritical unscientific dangerous stupid denigrating ideas to masses of people who accept that uncritically themselves and that's dangerous right. and fucking stupid. If if you're okay with going a bit long, this actually ties in very well with what your friend Lindsay Park said. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to read off what she said, um, if that's cool with you. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so your friend Lindsay Park, um, who kind of got you into podcasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lindsay does a lot of fantastic work, and she examines her faith with a critical eye. And I think as the years have gone by is moving farther away from the LDS church and it's, and it's main teachings while also keeping her toe in the waters of LDS faith and able to speak to people sitting in the pews who recognize a lot of the harms that are being promoted by the LDS church. And she had this great post recently about what happened at general conference and, and I'll allow you to continue Taylor. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not at all. I, I appreciate the, the context. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read what she posted. I'm jumping into this lazy learner discussion to talk about Russell Nelson's. That's the prophet of the Mormon church right now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Latest conference talk where he dismisses doubt and calls folks who possess doubt lazy. Normally, it's hard on systems, soft on people for me, but it seems like Nelson's latest is a sum total of the system lately, so it's fair game for discussion. The general membership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have long been trained to accept and venerate the new guy guy in charge, no matter who they are or what they espouse. (laughs) Um, I think that's lazy, but obviously I don't participate in that way of engaging Mormonism anymore. What I do know is that our average chapel Mormon puts in their time day in and day out. Few work as hard for their church as a Mormon. Twice a year, they all come together for conference to look for insight and guidance. Twice a year, their efforts are met with empty catchphrases. 
If they are expected to be loyal and in good standing, they must find ways to derive some meaning from it all. It's like my body trying to find nutrients from all the diet Coke I give it. (laughs) Nelson's talks seem like empty calories. There's little to no reciprocity in his relationship to his flock, and it shows. Maybe that's what Nelson means. He wants us to take his talks and decode them like Taylor Swift albums. Maybe he thinks his words are broad enough that they will find application somewhere. The best Mormons have is making more meaning from his words than he intended. The worst we have is people being forced to defend empty calories. We are either getting the height of this man's capabilities or he's phoning in the revelator part. Maybe he just doesn't know how to lead old ideas in a new world. The only other alternative theory I have is that he has no respect for his own people. Why else would he coddle them like children? Mm -hmm. Insults about those who no longer found nourishment in Mormonism is beneath someone with so much veneration. Ideas meant to shut out doubt are antithetical to building faith in the first place. Faith cannot exist without doubt, and yet we're supposed to hand the first over without contending with the second. It doesn't even make any sense. How can a man who is supposed to be leading God's church in the last days not understand the relationship between faith and doubt? It's no wonder Mormonism is on the decline. Yeah. Huh? Oh, I was just going to say, exactly. How, how indeed uh, can can the man who is supposed to be leading God's church in the last days not understand the relationship between faith and doubt? Faith in itself is not an expression of perfect belief, right? In order to have faith, by 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 stating at all that you have faith, you are recognizing that you have doubt, but you are choosing to believe instead of. Mm-hmm. And instead of dismissing any of these religious claims, right? That's what faith is about, that you are choosing to believe in the face of conflicting information. Yeah, evidence to the contrary. Right. Yeah. No wonder Mormonism is on the decline. Some of these leaders seem completely ill-equipped to handle the challenges Mormonism faces. But okay, sure. Folks like me are lazy listeners. I've produced hundreds of podcasts that represent hundreds more hours of research, presumably all in an effort to eschew belief. Nelson could never understand all of that was an effort to understand my faith, not just my doubts. I've tried to learn about the communities I serve, so much so that I've spent time breaking my back in them. I'm on the ground every day trying to better understand the things that I am involved in. Where is Nelson in all this? What can he even understand about doubt? When he is so certain of himself, does he even know about his own people? From the looks of things, not much, because most of his edicts and prophetic wisdom have resulted in virtue signals conflated with scripture. He mistakes faith and loyalty so much that he can't even weave a coherent theology together. It's a little sad to be so disconnected and cloistered from those of you, from those you serve, that you know nothing about them or how to help them. The phrase lazy learners, besides its lazy alliteration, is truly just the dumbest of phrases. I'm embarrassed for our guy, our supposed seer and revelator, shoots his shot with this type of stuff. Really? This is the best the prophet of God has to offer his people right now? Leading without the humility required to understand one another seems like lazy leadership to me. And... Like I, I have to just stand and applaud Lindsay for this post. I think that was brilliant and perfectly stated that, yeah, Nelson seems to conflate 
loyalty with faith. And there's an absolute difference there that he's either deliberately missing or is completely ignorant of. In either case, he is a bad spokesman as the mouthpiece of God for the LDS church. Which I mean, in the end is good for us because it will help point out the hypocrisy of the church. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. But it's just, it, it is so disappointing that that the leader of you know America's most recent assertion of faith is such an inept fucking leader that he doesn't even understand the difference between faith and loyalty he's asking people to remain faithful to the LDS church when what he means is he wants them to remain loyal to the LDS church in spite of the doubts that they are facing and in spite of the doubts that could otherwise strengthen their faith if he were to only speak to them. I mean, alternatively, he does and just doesn't care. You know, I mean, the Mormon church reported um, that they had that new church statistics released Saturday showed the number of new children added to church membership roles declined for the sixth consecutive year. About yep. 65,000 children were added to church membership in 2020, down 47% from a modern peak reached in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking, what was the that's other one? I wonder if that's since, the issue. <laughs> yeah, since 1998, more church members have lived outside of the United States and Canada. Uh, by 2025, we anticipate that as many church members may live in Latin America as in the United States and Canada, like they're, they're hemorrhaging hard. Um, Another thing that I noticed in the conference is that they heavily emphasize, they gave an entire talk dedicated to getting people back in a temple service. In order to go into the temple, you have to have a temple recommend in order to have a temple recommend. You must be paying your 10% tithing. Mm -hmm. I'm betting that they are hemorrhaging members. And when that happens, the leadership of the church is going to conflate faith with loyalty Mm -hmm. in order to make sure that they know that if they're not doing all the things that their God says they have to do, then they're going to be shunned because they need asses in seats, young people having kids and and people paying tithing. Oh, that was another thing. Um, Something like half of all church members now are single. Um, Oh, wow. At all ages. And so, like, their members are getting married later and later, which means they're not having as many kids and they're not having that replenishment by way of reproduction that they have had in the past. I mean, honestly, we could go back and look at what happened with the Catholic Church 50 years ago and know what's going to happen with the Mormon Church now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're they're following the same trajectory as far as losing members because the world is becoming more modern and skeptical and critical. And instead of addressing the needs of their members and, you know, letting them know that it's okay to have your doubts and we can strengthen your faith through your doubt by -hmm. addressing your doubts and instead conflating faith with loyalty and saying that if you have doubts, then you're not really faithful. And that's the exact fucking opposite because they don't understand what the fuck is going on in the world around Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to need a lot of resources for these Mormons that want to leave. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I wish wish people were doing something like that. And luckily, thank you, Ryan. That's a fantastic (laughs) and purely natural segue. Um, There is an organization called Quit Mormon. Um, You can find them at quitmormon.com. 
uh, and they are doing a variety of um, like learning opportunities, basically for people leaving uh, the Mormon church tonight. Um, and I, I fucked up. I was supposed to have put a Facebook post out and I did not. Um, they're doing an overcoming shame um, seminar that's being led by my therapist, actually Regina Tippett's um, defining Guest the on the show shame also. and yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's been on the show. Um, we're probably going to bring her around to do a plug for this event in the near future. Um, even if it's just to have like a, like a drop between the, the segments. Um, anyway, so she, she tonight is giving a, a lesson on um, distinguishing between shame and guilt and learning how to like heal and move on. Um, next week, April 12th, uh, there will be a discussion on LGBTQ individuals inside and outside of the Mormon church. Uh, April 22nd, there's going to be um, a, a segment called Grounded Sexuality During a Faith Transition. And it's basically like sex education for adults <laughs> who never got a good sex education when they were in religion or who had like a deliberately sabotaged uh, sex education while they were in religion. And then uh, the 29th is going to be um, a segment on dealing with anger after Mormonism um, and talk about how, you know, how to cope with overcoming the anger problems that a lot of people have when they leave faith because they feel like, like me, like one of my big problems is I feel like I lost out on a lot of my childhood. And mm-hmm. that makes me really angry sometimes. It's one of the things I'm dealing with in my therapy right now is is how to overcome this this frustration I have with how many things I missed out on that people with a normal childhood had. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's it. Quitmormon.com um, and you can find the list of events that they're doing. We'll also post it to the Facebook page after this episode. Um, and as things come out that that organization is doing, we're going to make sure to keep you updated on them because we want to make sure that we can provide a good landing pad, a good community for people who leave the only community that they've known. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And there are several different groups, at least here in Utah, where, of course, the predominant faith tradition is Mormonism and and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, to provide that sense of community and belonging to people who leave the church. Because as we've discussed several times through several different episodes of this show, the LDS church tries to monopolize all of your time as a member of that church. You've got Mm -hmm. Monday family home evening, Tuesday uh, home teaching, Wednesday work in the temple, Thursday work in the temple and or young men's, young women's fireside chats. Friday, you've got basketball sports leagues within the LDS church, Boy Scouts. Saturday, you've got church service and calling. Sunday, you've got church for three hours. And it's just a cycle that repeats every fucking day. They try Mm -hmm. to monopolize your time and it becomes all of your social structure in life. And so when you leave the church, you leave behind not only your former beliefs in some mythical invisible sky wizard who's going to control your ultimate destiny but your entire social structure as well and Mm -hmm. often when people leave the faith they are ostracized from all members of the church because the other members of the church have been taught from infancy to disavow disbelieve disinherit disown and block any access to people who have left the faith because they have been corrupted by the other by the adversary by Satan who is leading people astray and away from the church who that is the one true and restored 
entity and church on God's earth of his teachings and his ultimate salvation for people to maintain and obtain a, a glorious life for themselves in the afterlife where this life is just the doormat to the afterlife where they're going to have this glorious existence in God's presence. And it's disp- it's disgusting and despicable. And so here in Utah, atheists of Utah and several other groups have made it part of their mission to provide that social structure for people who are leaving the LDS church in general and in particular because it's such a large part and mm-hmm. uh, uh, predominant faith within the state of Utah. Yeah. Well, that will wrap right. things up for us for this episode. I'm really fucking looking forward to seeing you guys next week. I know. Dude, we get to I'm, actually... I'm stoked. Yeah. IRL the show, whatever that means. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to have you guys here in studio with me, uh, even knowing how much work I have set ahead of me in order to get the studio back in shape for you guys to arrive I and just, be active participants here in the same fucking place as me. I just wonder if the puppers will remember me. Oh, I'm sure they will. They love their Uncle Ryan. <laughs> you're going to have to drag Sandra away from the dogs. I hope you're aware <laughs> of that. Like, <laughs> I'm excited for you guys to see the dogs, and I'm sure the dogs are going to be thrilled and overjoyed to have people here. Like, They love people. And Lily, who's who's the newest member of the tribe, loves people, but she's also afraid of people. So she, how <laughs> oh, delightful! It'll it'll take oh, some. Yeah. She's like she's like the cat of dogs in our house. Fair, fair. <laughs> our our cat is like a dog. So <laughs> sure, we'll be able to bridge that gap. Well, um, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and give some thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Most definitely. I'll go ahead and start us off with uh, with our patron, Two Skeptical Chaps. Alan Firth. Don't be a Richard. Hunter Grin. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Steven Andrews. Andrews. Oh, uh, I'm an asshole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up. I do that all the time. Steven Andrews. <laughs> Theodore Sellen, my buddy. Thanks for subscribing. Woohoo! New Thank Patreon you. patron. Thank you. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. All hail Penneth Butra. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Vodapich. Corey Ebert. Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Megan Mitchell. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Freethinker215. Chad Pryor, Janet Uter, Nico Gonzalez, Purple Dragon, Savita Kuna, Avocado the Cat, Tim Jacobson, Trisha Weir, Weir, yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> and and a five dollar patron, hell yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Do you want to say it again without the without the question mark? Or, uh, or, Trisha, uh, we're <laughs> good job. Thank you. Uh, Patreon customer service sucks donkey balls. And James, thank you, buddy. Woohoo! Thank you all very, very much. 
Yes. If you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. We get all kinds of fun and fancy things like early access to episodes, extended outtakes, extended episodes, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Bonus episodes. Me saying stupid stuff. (laughs) And a bunch (laughs) of other fun things that will be coming out in the the near future. I plan on revamping our Patreon levels because it's been a long time since I've done that. And they're all still set to what I had initially set up. And I'm slacking on some of the things that are going on there. But I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. We're going to do a bunch of fun work yeah. and fantastic spendings of times together in the studios and the things and the junks and stuff and the pudding pops. Oh, oh, pudding I don't want to be in the same room now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm watching my drink, Dan. <laughs> well, thank you all very much for listening. Thank you guys for joining me tonight. And I will see you all next week. Yes, you will. See you then. Well, that's not bueno. I need a new work laptop anyway. <laughs> this one, I think I've had this one for three years now, which is our, our swap out time. So, <laughs> How many segments oh, we got left? We've just, only done two. Just one. Just one. Okay. We've just got the closing left.